Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father God, we thank you. We exalt your name. We give you praise. We magnify you because you are faithful. We glorify you for your love. Once again, we come, Father, to receive instruction, insight, and revelations from you. We demand, God, that you speak to us through your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we, we might be running up today on the subject on the three kinds of people that we've been dealing with and uh, the first categories of people we dealt with were supposed to be the signs of wonder people that's number one the first categories of people the signs and wonder people and we are saying that these people they are prophetic in their lifestyle i mean the way they live and the way god has ordained them to be their life speaks of things that are not in existence and are maybe coming to be and we are saying that this set of people, they are unique in their nature as God has ordained. Praise God. And then we talked about the second categories of people. We said these are people that stand to assist the first set of people. And the very clear example we gave in the scripture was supposed to be like Joshua assisting Moses. Remember that? And God refers to him as the minister of Moses. Everybody referred to that. And you can also see somebody like Elisha being an assistant or he had pulled water into the hands of Elijah. We also say that. That's another good example you can find in the Bible. So you go through the scripture, you find that there are people that are ordained or and have come into position. And one of the things that was very unique when we're looking at this was the fact that such people, they finally begin to have a relationship with God and being called of God, even though they were not primarily called by God to do the things that they finally were going to do. Those are the second categories of people. And so the third persons we're going to be dealing with today are the spectators. The spectators or escorters. Praise God. The spectators or escorters. Uh, these are people that they don't, they, they don't belong to the first category. They don't belong to the second categories of people. But you find that in all their lives, they are just there, just looking and just watching the fourth set of people perform, in quote. Praise God. And, uh, you know, this is a very bad place and bad position to be, if I may say that. Because the truth is, everybody in, in the world was designed and created for something. There is a purpose for every human being, everyone born on this earth, there's a purpose for it. In fact, the manifested wisdom of Christ is revealed through the many faces of the humans that God has made. Every human being has something to reveal about God. And so there's an assignment that God has for you before you come down here. So, God is not expecting you to be an, I mean, just an escorter, escorting people or a spectator. You know what escortion really means, for instance? You see, when people get married, there are people that escort the woman, sometimes the friends and all of that. They got escorted the woman to the marriage and, and then at the end of the day, they left the place. Right? The glory, the honor, everything is all there. All they get back gather from escorting the person, maybe the drink they are going to get. Or clapping or whatever. You know, they're just escorters. They don't have anything to reveal or show for it. Okay, so these are people that come just to see those who are science and wonder people performing. They don't contribute anything. They don't support or invent anything. Where people that come to life, they just watch other people do things. They can sometimes talk about the good things other people are doing, but most times they criticize because they can't do. 
So people are doing well, performing well. You see them, all they do is to criticize those people who are performing. Sometimes they can be too zealous for God. Why are you carrying church on your head? Why are you carrying the Bible on your head? Those are spectators. They don't have anything they can reveal from the Bible. Praise God. They sit by and walk, I mean and talk, and criticize those who are performing or bringing forth new things, results, benefit to mankind and God's creation. I pray you will never, never be part of these people. All they do is to criticize. They criticize those who are performing. They criticize those who are inventing things for the glory of God and for the betterment of human beings. All they do is to sit down and criticize them. They will always have something to say about those who are performing. These are the spectators. And like I say, it's a bad place to be. Dangerous place to be. Because as a spectator, you have no reward. No matter how you criticize people, you don't have reward for it. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. No matter how you criticize people who are performing or doing something, you can't get a reward for it. Sometimes even when you try to criticize people to bring them down, you raising them in glory. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Let me look at Psalm 1 verse 1. Psalm chapter 1 verse number 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. These are three categories of people. But you see, they are in the same family of the spectators. They don't perform, but they talk. If you watch that very closely, like Adam Clarks will say, here they have specific characters of these individuals, if you watch. They are more or less the same people, but functioning in different capacity. These are the spectators. Manifesting three personality, if you will. And the actions they take is often exceeding the previous one. First of all, the ungodly. Spectators are ungodly people. They are unjust. They don't, they don't render to people what is their due. And I will explain that later. Because their mouth is always very flippant to run down dignitaries, to run down personalities. They are ungodly people. They withhold from God what actually belongs to God. Because you see, when you walk or you're serving God, you're giving to God what you do Him. But these ungodly people don't do anything, so they are withholding what is even due God from God. Amen? Praise the Lord. They take from the society by implication, they don't have anything to offer society. They don't have anything to offer the church. They don't have anything to offer the family. All they are good at is talking. All they are good at is criticizing. All they are good at is running people down. The spectators. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? They are godly in nature. That's to say they have no God in them. Somebody so godly, there's no God in that individual. They are without God in this world. This group of people. Psalm 1 verse 1. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? 
Then, the next manifestation of these people is sinners, like what's it? Is it the council of sinners? Stand at the of sinners. To stand or to, to be a sinner means to miss the mark. To pass over a prohibited, limited structure. That's what it means to sin. To go beyond a bound. Amen? It means to transgress. So the ungodly people are actually sinners. Now that's to say they go beyond the bounds. Now if you watch what Jude was speaking to, even Jesus said that, to Miriam, to Moses, I mean uh, uh, Aaron, remember that? Right. They went beyond the bound. They were speaking against dignitaries. Korah, Jambres, they spoke against Moses. They went beyond the bounds. If you watch that closely, they are more or less the same people you find here in Psalm 1, verse number 1. Hallelujah. They don't do good, if you watch it. They exhibit evil all the time. The first set of people or category or class or mindset of the ungodly people, they are without God. But this one, they do desperately very wicked things as well. The wickedness in the ungodly is manifested in the sinner outwardly. When somebody is ungodly, then his action becomes sin. I don't know if I'm getting that. So that's why I'm saying this is talking of the same people, but different stages or states of existence. They are ungodly, that means they are wicked. Then they manifest this wickedness by what they do. So ungodly character is revealed as sin. Hallelujah. Because that ungodliness is actually seated in their hearts. And so when that act of theirs is revealed, it's not termed sin or sinners. Then they move down to another level, which is called the level of discomfort. Here they mock and deride people. In Luke 16, we find that the Pharisees derided Jesus. Because he was talking about money. And the Pharisees who were covetous, the Bible said, derided him. They are mockers. Mockers of that which is true. Mockers of that which is pure. Mockers of that which God has called. Mockers of the personality that God is using. This is just their position. But remember, it's a grading from being ungodly, from being a sinner, and then coming to the level of what? Being a, a comfort or a mocker. You mock people. You don't produce any result. You talk about people. You don't, you, don't, you don't make anything of benefit for people to benefit from or to enjoy or to rejoice in. But for those who are trying to do that, you mock them. Hallelujah. These people have no piety. What I would call religion. Not religion in, 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 no, in this comfort manner. But what I'm saying is, they don't have godly qualities in them. They live in an open breach of God's laws. This come for people. Remember, I'm saying, all of these people are just one person. But manifested in three dimensions. Hallelujah. Amen. They, they speak evil of that which is godly, that which is, I mean, which God intends to do. For instance, like I said before, you can see them talk so much about religion. You can see, I mean, mocking those who are religiously zealous, not in the negative sense now. I mean, those who are committed to serving God, they mock them. They say all manner of things about them. Praise God. 
And such people, from ungodliness to being a sinner, down to being a scoffer, it simply shows you have come to the place of where we can refer to you as, as an atheist. You know? You, you, you've lost every connection with God. Remember, I'm describing the third categories of people on the face of the earth. The first people are science and wonder people. The second categories of people are those who are called to assist, to bring result for those with science and wonder people. And these third categories of people, they have nothing to do with whatever thing God is doing. Rather, they stand to mock the things that God is doing. Hallelujah. As soon as they exceed the ungodly in, in character now, so, the scornful is the highest level of ungodliness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Now if you watch that, you begin to see. I'm not going to have time to x-ray all of this the way I begin to see it. The first set of ungodly people, they walk. And then you move from walking to standing. From standing to sitting. Did you notice that? Look at it. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat. At the point you were standing up, maybe you were in midst of the people, walking along in the things of the Spirit, in the things of God, sooner or later, you can stand still, you stagnate in the things of God, in the mindset that God has given, you stand still, you don't want to make progress anymore. And not just that, you move from not making progress, not following what God is doing, to sitting down. That means you are zooming on authority. You become a law unto yourself. From walking to what? Standing. From standing to what? Sitting. At this level, this is where now everybody that you see, you have something to say about that individual. Everything about God. Your eyes are not evil. You don't see anything good anymore in anybody's life. You are already sitting. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, being ungodly, you are not influenced by God. Being a sinner, you've had ungodliness to your life of transgression. That's moving from walking to standing. You added ungodliness to the work of transgression. And then you move to the last stage, which I will call the highest stage now of this ungodliness. It's when you become it and it tastes. When you begin to scorn everything that is godly. And the personalities that God is using to propagate his glory, his kingdom of the earth. You have a mouth to talk about them. You started from ungodliness to being a sinner to being a scornful. You started from walking as an ungodly man. You've come down to the place of standing. You stagnated in your progression in spirit things. And now you move to the place of disdaining that which is spiritual. You're sitting down and mocking people who are carrying on with the work of God. Praise the Lord. At this stage you mock everything. Nothing is pure anymore. You've lost consciousness of purity. You can't see what God sees. You can't even hear what God hears. Hallelujah. So we say the ungodly man walks, the sinner stands, and the scoffer do what? They sit down. Remember when somebody is sitting down, you have assumed place of authority. I mean, if you understand that. We are made to understand that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. That means you the place of authority. When you are sitting, you are assuming the place of authority. Matthew 23, we are told that the Pharisee, they sit or Moses sit. I mean, if you understand what I'm saying. Right. So, when you, when you graduate, negatively from ungodliness to transgression of sin to the place of sitting down you have a zoom authority no more God everything that is God for you is nonsense 
This is the categories of the thought people that we find on the creation. They don't help people to make progress. And those who are making progress, they talk bad and evil about them. Are you there? So these are just different characters of the same person. For me, that's the way it is. Oh, so we find that the ungodly man has cancer. They know what to talk. They know what to talk about. They can even talk to you. They can even try to cancel you. What to do or what not to do. And what is the cancer they come? You're taking God too serious. You are too committed. Are you there, are you there with me? <laughs> Why are you so serious with God? Monday you're in church. Uh, Tuesday you're in church. Wednesday you're in church. Bible study you're there. I mean, what is special about that? Ungodly cancer. You hear people tell you, come on. I mean, the church is, the church is you. The church is not a building. Who told you we have a need to go to church? At least I know of a family that says they worship online. You don't need to go to church. But Hebrews will tell you, forsake not the assembly of the saints. And the manner of some is. And the Bible tells us precisely from his word. Unto Shiloh shall the gathering of the people be. They have to be a gathering. Genesis 49. But you see, ungodly people will tell you, you have no need to go to church. You can worship online. Just listen to some messages. Just, I mean, you, you are the church. <laughs> the church is not a building. Have you heard that before? Those are ungodly counsel. They know how to counsel people. Out of God. Not into God. The spectators. Hallelujah. And so when you go to... You see, that's why he go there and look at that. He said, The standard or walketh not in the counsel of the godly and standeth not in the way. So, these people have a way. Don't forget, Jesus is the way. These people have a way that they walk. That means they have a lifestyle that they live in. You don't have to stand on the way. What is that supposed to mean? Don't build your life on the counsel of the ungodly who are just spectators. Because the stand means you are taking a position. Praise God. And like I said, this conference, they have a seat. And that's a place of authority. So, to help yourself out of these people, stop taking their counsel. Don't stand on their way. That is, don't allow their way to dictate your life. Are you there with me? Good. And there was the next thing. Don't assume their position of authority to be that of your life. Scoffers. You see, these are the kind of people that in every gathering that, that which you call the church, they are the one that carries information. They are the one that carries rumors. They are scoffers. They don't do anything other than to talk and to gossip. That's the talk how the people find on the earth. In the church, in the family, this is what you see. Those who produce results. Those who assist those who produce results. And the third people are those who talk about those who produce results. To degrade them, to remove from their personality, to shame them, even though they are doing the right thing. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you? You see, you must choose, like Joshua will speak to the people, Deuteronomy. You must choose, Moses will say, I place before you life and death. Choose life that you may live. Recognize who you are, know exactly who you are, and walk in the light of that which God has revealed to you. And don't let anybody, these thought categories of people, take you away from what God has for you. Don't allow it. Don't walk in the counsel of the godly. Hallelujah. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't sit in the seat of discomfort. Avoid every bit of their strategy that they employ in getting people out of God. You see, the most difficult person to convert is the man that had been to church before and went back home. He's the most difficult person 
I don't know if you are what I'm saying. Because anything you say, man, we've been there before. For 20 years, uh, I mean, uh, we, <laughs> when we started, then they have not given back to you. Uh, you see, what is it we have not done? We've gone to witnessing, we've prayed with. What is it? We have gone to the mountain in Yoruba land. But what is it you want to tell us? Are <laughs> you understand that? You see, what we have seen, you have not seen it. That's why you are having this fire on your head. We had fire on our head before. They talk you and bring you down. You start losing faith in God. You start coming to the place of this could, could be talking sense. If this man had been there all this while, he could have something to offer. You are just walking in the council of what? The ungodly, and that will take you to the place of standing on what you God held. And the next thing, you sit in the seat of what? Of discomfort. So you join in of this amen. You are getting too serious. Uh, what is that? You got to your, my brother. I saw wife taking church like that. What is the meaning? Huh? She can't even do anything in the house. Now, what, what's the meaning of all this? Is that what you are going to do to go to heaven? We have been there before. All these guys, you know how they talk about pastors? Every little thing they do here. Yeah. They gathering money, they gathering people's money. <laughs> Praise God. Are you listening to me? These thought categories of people, you got to run away from them. Save your life. And never look back like the wife of Lot. Save your life and don't look back like the wife of Lot. Don't look back. Because these guys are terrible human beings. And I'm saying they are in family, they are in churches, they are in the society, they are in offices. Praise God. You will see people who leave a church. Go hear what they say about a church. Have you noticed that? Why they and the church? Very beautiful place. Very wonderful place. Oh, the pastor is wonderful. But by the time they leave that church, for one reason or the other, just get close to them. They just start manifesting Psalm 1 verse 1. And when you start listening to what they are saying, you become one of these tall categories of people. Who are just spectators who run down people and doing nothing. Hallelujah. Let me take another example. John 2, verse number 1. The Gospel of John, chapter 2, reading from verse number 1. I'm going to read very fast here. And then I'll just illustrate something. On the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Notice. The person that was the mother of Jesus. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Notice the people that came to that marriage. What's the next thing? And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. What he wants to say, it's time for miracle have not yet come. His mother said unto the servant, Whatever I say unto you, do it. I mean, sometimes when I read this, I'm amazed. The mother just simply said, They have no wine. And turned to and said, What have I got to do with you? He just turned to the people. Anything I ask you to do, do it. The man have not even said, I'm going to do anything. That is faith. He had faith in the Son of God. Did you notice that? They have no wine. What have I got to do with you, woman? Anything he asks you to do, do it. Look at the conversation. Have you noticed that? Look at the next thing. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three false kings apiece. And as he said, Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pot with water, and they fill up to the brim. And then, and he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bore it. And the Bible says, When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not when it was, but the servant which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and said unto him, The governor here now is like the chairman of the occasion, right? Okay. Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. 
And when may have well drunk then that which is was, but now have kept the good wine unto the now. We can just stop the story. You know the story, right? Now, I want to tell you, from here, anytime you go to a marriage feast, you observe the spectators there. Jesus was not a spectator. He produced to assist the situation. Are you following what I'm talking about? The mother was not a spectator. She was able to governize the production of the wine by speaking to Jesus. He added into the ceremony. But there are other people who are going to be there and who were there who drank the wine and made no contribution at all. No contribution. And normally when you go to marry feast, especially reception, because it's like reception. That's exactly what you see. There are people who come there not with a single gift. Have you noticed that? They just show up for the rice, the chicken, and the drink. And most times they are the one that causes trouble by saying they didn't give me anything. Spectators. You can't afford to be such a person. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They are the people that will be fed. I mean, they are the very first people to complain. What, what, kind, of, what kind of thing is this? We've been sitting here since morning. And most times it could be that they were not invited. They only knew that Mary was going on and, then, and they showed up. No invitation card. But they are there. They will be the first. Imagine, we just came to waste our time. You know, I, I should have been in my house. Should have been in my house. Imagine, imagine me here since, since money. In the name of marriage. If they were not ready, when they would have stopped the party, what, what's the point? They'll be quarreling and complaining and talking to people. Now they contributed nothing. They never sprayed the bridegroom or the bride. They brought no gift. They brought no present to the couples. But they are complaining that they have no food. Spectators. And when they live there, what they never saw is what they will say when they get out of that place. Listen, when you are having your marriage, pray that these people don't show up. They will go to the town and tarnish the whole program. Praise the living God. Am I saying the truth here? This is what happens. Spectators. You see them all over. Any program. In fact, in those days, we call them gate crashers. Gate crashers means you are not invited, but you show up. Just crash through the gates. No invitation, nothing. But before you know, they are there. And they want to sit on the very place where, when the food is being passed out, they will be the first to take. Dangerous people. No contribution. They don't even, in the midst of the program, you can't even see them stand up to dance. Just to encourage the couples. No way. They sit down like chairman. Hallelujah. And when they are passing the drink, they'll be, hey. Yeah. Not in daddy's table, though. <laughs> when the couples are dancing and people are spraying, they are still sitting down. I don't know if I get what I'm talking about. These thought people, they are dangerous people. You better pray never to get close to them in life. I'm just being honest to you. They should not near you. They should not hear anything about you. That you are doing a program or a party. No, no, no. Pray they don't come. They will sit down while the couples are dancing. They will stand up. Nothing. Even to take picture is an issue. They will use their camera to take you picture. For what? And when they are going back home, they carry a bag of rice. And when they came, they came with nothing. I don't think you are getting that. They are carrying bag of rice, carrying coolers, and, and hey, you see, they just give us more cooler. They didn't give us anything here. They are giving us plastic. And they carry cooler. They are going home. And when they came, they came with nothing, not even a seed of rice to cook. Wicked people. 
But here is Jesus. He didn't just go there. Here are the disciples. They didn't just go there. They went to encourage the couples. They went to add to the ceremony. May your life be an addition to people's life. That's what it is. That's what it is. Praise God. People don't see this when you read this. Some of us when we read the things we see are a little bit different. That's the issue. Okay, for time's sake, let's take another thing. Why are you praying these people will not come near you? I also pray that your life will not be like these people. Hallelujah. Because by the time you start living this life, after attending two or three parties, they will notice you. They will notice you. And when you are showing up, they say, you don't come again. <laughs> Praise God. Alright. Go with me to Nehemiah chapter 4. Let me see, show you how dangerous these people are. These categories of people. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 1. This time Nehemiah was building the wall of Jerusalem. Bible said, but it came to pass that when Sambalat heard that we built the wall. He was wrought. He was angry and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. He was not building. He was mocking. He was not contributing. He was mocking. But the man that concerned me here, this man was not a Jew. But I'm going to be reading about a man that has connection with the Jews. And yet, join camp with Sambalat to mock the Jews. Because he had interest in what he wanted to get from the temple. When I check his story, I have to go read about it. Verse 2. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, Remember Samarians, uh, you understand that? Well, enemies with the Jews. What do these people Jews? Look at the language. <laughs> Will they fortify themselves? In other words, are they going to be able to protect themselves from being invaded? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now, Tobiah, this is my greatest problem here. Tobiah had, I think, he married two wives, was from the Judahite. That is, the tribe of Judah married two people there, one close to the king, because there was something he was looking for. Now, Tobiah the Amorite, from Amor, but by him, and he said, even that which they build, if a force climb up, he shall even break down their stone walls. I mean, imagine that kind of thing. Imagine that kind of thing. Can you get what I'm saying here? Here was Nehemiah trying to build the wall of Jerusalem. And here was Tobiah who had relationship from the Judahites as a Jew mocking Nehemiah and what they were doing. This is the talk of the goods of people. They don't contribute but they use their mouth to tarnish everything that's been done. Praise the Lord. Even that which you build, if a force go up, it shall even break down that wall, I mean that stone wall. Can you imagine that kind of language? Praise the living God. And I'm saying this individual has a relationship with the Jewish people. That's to say he was supposed to be a Jew in his own house, in his own family. He was running the system down. And like I said, a third person in this category have nothing to contribute. They just stay by and run down whatever thing is going on. So you find this in the church. Hallelujah. They don't talk good of whatever thing the church is doing. They have no clue as to saying God is at work in this place. No. Everything and all they ever try to do is to run down the system. What the people they are. Praise the living God. Then they talk categories of people. But let me show you something about that. One of the best descriptions given to them is they are idle people. 
These four categories of people are idle people. Second Peter 1 verse number 8. For time's sake so that we can be able to finish up. But I pray you don't have to be a Tobiah in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Don't for any reason. Don't join camp with the Sambalats. To run down God's house, God's kingdom, God's own agenda. Don't join those people whatsoever. The Sambalats and the Tobias should never be your friends. Don't keep company with such people. Because they have their reward. When you read down the story, Nehemiah said it. That all that they are trying to do, they have no reward in what we are doing. And that's the truth. No reward. You don't have any reward in trying to run down the house of God, the people of God, the ministers of God. You have no reward in it. Not just in it. You have no reward in whatever thing God is doing. That's the mean you cut yourself off from the reward that God intends to give to his people because of the way you use your mouth against the settings that God has put in place. Second Peter 1 verse 8. For if the things be in you, talking about the character, if you read from verse 1, and abound, they will make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word barren means idle. If those things, when you go back read it, from verse 2 I'm sure, or 3. When you go through all of those things, say when those things are you, you will never be barren. That means you'll be active. You'll be active. Because you're manifesting godliness. You'll be active. You will not be idle. It is idle people that talks. I'm going to show you that from two scriptures. So when he says you shall not be barren, that means you are not going to be idle. You're going to be active for God. You will see how God sees. You will not join the seat of discomfort. You will not become a Tobiah or Sambalat in mocking the things that have been done. No. Praise God. Look at Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse number 10. Second Thessalonians 3 verse number 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any will not walk, neither shall he eat. No, I do. Is that okay? Let's go on to the next thing. For we hear that there are some which walk. Remember Psalm 1 1? Among you, disorderly, walking not at all, but are busy bodies. I know people are busy bodies. Did you get that? But you know what busy body is, right? Huh? Why are you looking at me like that? Praise God. Is there the Bible? So the Bible is saying that there are people. So you see. When you are not in the first category of the science and wonder people, when you are not in the second category of supporting the science and wonder people, where do you belong? You belong to the busybody group. Where everything they do, you have a record for it. You don't do anything. You don't walk. You don't perform. You don't do anything. All you do is to sit down and gossip people. Busybody. These are the third categories of people. And you find them in everywhere. In the church. In the homes. In the society. Even in the place of work. You find them there. Praise the living God. What do you call those people? Busybodies. Okay. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Timothy 5 verse 11. 11 and 12. But anyway... Let's just move on. Otherwise, I wanted you to read a second Thessalonian for me in a different translation. But let's take this first. We may come back there. But the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry. And then he went out to say, having damnation, 
because they have cast off their false faith. Was the next thing. And without the land to be what? Idle. There's a character of idle people. Wandering about from house to house. What are they doing from house to house? Gossip. Did you get that? Right. And not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies speaking things which they ought not to. This is the point. Hallelujah. Jude will say, these are the people that they don't have restraint speaking against dignitaries. Men that God have ordained, they are not afraid to talk about them. They go from house to house. I wish they were like Jehovah's Witnesses people. But that's not what they go from house to house to do. Jehovah's Witnesses go from house to house to talk about Christ. But here are these people that go from house to house having nothing to do but to gossip either the minister or their husbands or whatever the case may be. Is anybody follow what I'm talking about? Just to run down people. They move from house to house. Imagine the kind of energy that they have to be transversing the community from house to house. Why? Because they have nothing to do. They are not there in choir practice. They are not there in prayer meeting. But they are always there. Not that if they are going to house fellowship, that's why they are visiting. No. The motive from house to house is to gossip. The third categories of people. You must avoid this kind of people. Praise the living God. That's why you see them. Take a different translation from this. Just this last one. And then maybe we'll take it again from Oh, Second Thessalonians, that we look at 11. But any translation you have here. Filtering away their days on empty talk, gossip, and what? Trivialities. And that's the point. Gossiping. Saying things that doesn't matter. Things that are irrelevant. That's trivialities. Can you imagine people living? But we know this thing happens, right? Women can literally say, are they come? Where did they come? Are they come? Are they come and it's going? Is that okay? Right. And it's going to somewhere because the something just strike her. And she needs to talk to somebody about it. And she knows the very people that will always listen to her. So when he tells, you could tell the family, I'm coming. Hey, just prepare it. I'm coming. I mean, how can you be moving from your heart just because you want to talk to somebody? You need deliverance. Praise the living God. And the things are not important. Trivialities. Irrelevant things. Gossiping. Are the third categories of people we find in this society. Hallelujah. And they are on the list. They will learn to be lazy. And we spend. That is if they are on the list. They will learn to be lazy. And we spend their own time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's businesses, and talking about things they shouldn't in the first place. Did you get that? In other words, if you take young women, so young women be careful. You take one woman and put them as widows on the list of those to be assisted. That is to say, you're fulfilling Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11. Right? They are not working. They have nothing to do. The church is going to pay their rent. The church is going to support them. Right. So all they do is wake up in the morning and start walking the street from house to house, telling stories, gossiping, doing things that are irrelevant to the entire system. And Paul said, don't put some people on the list. Let them go and walk and take care of themselves. Because these are the third categories of people you find in the church. They don't contribute to the growth of the church. They don't contribute to the coexistence of the church. They don't contribute to making the church one mind, one spirit. They don't do that. All they do is to run down the entire system. They move from house to house. Busy bodies. The third categories of people you find where? In the church, in the home, and in the society. Are you listening to me? And God intend us to actually stand for the first categories of people or at best be the second categories of people those who are there to support if you don't have what to do don't destroy 
somebody made a statement that which are very strong. He said, if you can't help somebody to build and stand on what he's called to do, don't help to bring him down. That means you can help to take somebody up or leave the person there and assist him to build or you can help to do what? To bring him down. When you start speaking evil of people who are supposed to be occupying a position, you are helping to do what? To bring them down. Did you get that? You don't have need for that. Be the second man or second categories of people that will help people to stay in the position God has called them into to bring forth the glory, the goodness that is in their life. Be that individual. Just like Jesus was able to have the bridegroom who had no wine. Be like Jesus. In every situation, be of help. Be of his support. Be of encouragement. Speak words of faith. Speak words of grace. Speak words of glory. See that people are happy because you are around. Contribute to somebody's life. Don't bring anybody down. If you can't contribute, don't use your mouth to run people down. God hates that. And there's a reward for such people. Is anybody following what I'm saying? Praise the living God. I say praise the living God. Shall we pray? Father God, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you. You have a reason for giving us this instruction this season. We are desiring God that you are going to lift us. Even if we were supposed to be in the thought categories of people, you would drain that energy from our lives today in the name of Jesus Christ. You give us focus, you give us vision, you give us grace and ability to assist, oh God, the signs and wonder people that even at the end of the day, just like Joshua stepped into the shoes of Moses because he stood to assist him. May that be our Lord, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you call us to be signs and wonder people, Lord, we are praying that you cause us to manifest all that you've called us to be in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, precious Father. We are signs and wonder people. We are signs and wonder people. Every one of us, we are signs and wonder people in the name of Jesus. And we shall manifest the glory that God has for us. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.